three weeks, more than three weeks, since I've been up here, been able to, to preach. And so there's so much in my heart for us. Um, and I really do believe this morning that I felt something in the Lord for us. Um, and it's quite interesting just how the Lord comes and makes things work together. Um, I mean, that's His way. Uh, yeah, can we, let's pray. Father, I want to thank you this morning that we get to gather as your church. Thank you this morning, God, that as we are together here, that regardless of our horses, our chariots, our speakers, our sound systems, our buildings, God, that over and above all these things, our skill, our language, our songs, God, you are reigning over all the, these things, God. You don't need any one of these things in order to move and change lives. And so, God, we come to you this morning with open arms. We come to you this morning with expectant hearts, God, knowing that you want to come and work, knowing that you care for us, knowing that you love us, even in a place where we had absolutely nothing to give. You came and you showed us love that is, we're still grasping just at the depth of what that love was. And so we thank you this morning for this. And I pray this morning, God, that as we are together, that you will stir up within us, again, a, a twinkle in our eye, God, that you will stir up within us a wonder in our hearts um, at this great love that you've poured out so freely, so generously. I pray that you would come, God, and that you would ignite our hearts with wonder. You are a wonderful God. There truly is no one like you. Jesus. Amen. So, um, Mordenai, last week, did just such an amazing time with him, um, having him here. And um, there was something that he said in our time together, and we were kind of like speaking amongst the leaders. And he said something, and he said, he said this. He said, as church leaders and as pastors and those working in ministry and even the community leaders and the deacons and the elders, he says, sometimes we spend so much time in the bathroom. And what he means with that is like you're working with all the issues and you're working with all the things that's going on in people's lives and, and the problems and the issues they have with you and the issues they have with the, the persons around them. And we so often are so busy in these places that we end up thinking that everyone looks like this, that everyone looks like the toilet that is for stop and the plumber that's getting his hands dirty. And as he said it, it really hit my heart. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that is for me. And I was like, oh, God, I, I've lost the joy of what it means to actually just be part of your kingdom. Regardless of what it means to lead church and to spread your gospel. And we can so easily come to this place of where we think these things is work. And they are. They're not not work. There is work to be done. We're going to get to that work just now. But we can so easily look at these things, and it becomes things that become mundane. And in those things, we end up losing the wonder and the beauty of actually this relationship that God has made us part of. 
You start losing the, the, the beauty of seeing lives change, of, of testifying about God's goodness. I want to ask you a question. When is the last time that you have testified to anybody about, about how good God is? Just to think of that. What's the last time? Is it maybe yesterday? Is it, for some of you, it was this morning, well done? Really, well done. Because I do believe, like for us, if we stop doing that, we end up changing our view of God, and we end up changing our hearts, and we end up changing and diminishing our expectation of what God can come and do. We lose it completely. We, we get out of practice with sharing about the goodness of God. I want to say to you, for me, even if God does nothing else for me for my, the rest of my life, there is still space for me to testify about how good He is. Amen? But yet, He doesn't stop there. For him to do something is, I mean, he speaks and he whispers and the whole world is created. So for him to do something doesn't take much. And in this time, what I've seen is that we, we have become very much like the Pharisees. Even in the way that we expect God to move. We feel like I've got to read my Bible, I've got to pray a certain amount of time, I've got to do these things, I've got to fast for 40 days, I've got to, not that anyone except Martin does that, but we try, okay? We try to fast coffee for 40 days, okay? For some of us, that's not even a possibility. Um, but we try and put all these things in place, and we're thinking that once we've done all of these things, then God will come through. Then God will move. Is that what we see in the scriptures? No. No, we see a God that moves regardless of where we are and what we've done. Even in the place where we take his son and we put him up on a cross and we give him the most gruesome death, like we actually move against God even in that place, he comes and he pours out love to us. And this morning, I want to chat to us about this, this because I feel like we've lost some, some perspective because we're always, the world is in the toilet and every, our finances are in the toilet and our time is in the toilet and just everything is issues and things around us. And we're just sitting there, and we're trying to fix pipes. And it's just um, a while ago, the house that we're renting, uh, it's quite an old house. Um, and the toilet in our bathroom had this um, thing. Well, I'm like going to try to explain this. But it's got a pipe, an outlet pipe that goes out to outside. But somewhere it's got a connection to the actual toilet. Okay? Now... That thing started leaking. And so it's just, regardless of whether there's, not regardless, there's not something in the toilet. Hopefully everything just goes quickly down. But even when that thing is just there, it drips. And 
you would walk into the bathroom and go, what is that smell? It's like, and I'm big on smells. You guys have heard Helen speaking about a dustbin that needs to be outside and stuff. So for me, my nose is very sensitive. And so I would walk into my room and I would smell nappies and then I would smell the toilet. And I just one day decided this is enough. And so I went to the hardware store, walked in there like a afkop hooner because I didn't know what to do where, but I'm just trying to be handy here. Um, and so I'm asking this lady, look, I need something that can seal this thing. And she's like, no, 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 there's something. It's like a wax ring, okay? Anyway, so I'm like, awesome. Wax ring, it's a one-pop solution. It's going to be done. Not a one-pop solution, okay? I went into the bathroom ready to be this, to be quick. And at that moment, realized I first have to clean out the old one before I can put on the new one. Man, oh man. <laughs> so me being sensitive to smells, I'm going to put on some gloves <laughs> and this old wax ring. And for days, I mean, for days, it felt like that wax ring was in my nose. And so everything for me smelled like that. Rough. Not good. But for us, our lives are a little bit like that. We're a little bit like that at the moment. I've had some conversations with a number of people. And some of the things that come up in the conversation speaks about how tired I am. Oh man, I'm so tired. I'm so overwhelmed. Like my job is too much. My family is too much. If I see my wife, I want to run away. If I see my husband, I feel like just not being at home. Like seeing all these pressures of life and everything is starting to stink because of COVID. Call it what you want to call it. Our lives are stinking. And it's because I do believe that we've lost sight of who Jesus is. And I want to start off with the scripture, and it's not going to go up on the board. And I want to ask you for this, that you close your eyes. Okay? I know this feels like fourth grade, or the teacher tells you, do this, do that. But I want you to just hear these words. In Hebrews 1, it says this. Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers, or the prophets. But in these last days... He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, through whom He also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. And He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Just keep your eyes closed. Just hear that again. He's the radiance of the glory of God. The exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. John 1, verse 1 to 5. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God. 
And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Just keep your eyes there. I want you to imagine Jesus. Think about who he is. Imagine what that would look like if he stands in front of you. What his glory would be beaming out of him. Things that come to mind like Isaiah 6, where he sees the throne room of God and it's just filled with glory. It's filled with beauty. It's filled with colors. It's filled with it's all this glory shining towards us. I want us to, to understand and to visualize who Jesus is. Can you think that if that, this person of Jesus, just one touch from him, just one whisper from him, what would that do in your life? What, what ripple effect would that have to who you are? to what you're struggling with, to the problems, the mountains, the challenges, the things you're facing right now. Just one touch from him. You can open your eyes before you fall asleep. I want to encourage you to take some time. Just, just take some time in, the, in your day, just once. Set a reminder. You just have a moment where you think of who he is. Maybe even take out a scripture where you start reading of just who Jesus is. I want to say to you that it will change your perspective on everything. And we see that in Matthew eleven twenty five, and we're going to read it, and it's a scripture we all know very well. You can put it up there. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father. Lord of heaven and earth, that you made hidden these things from the wise and understanding and reveal them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things that have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, the, the son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son has chosen to reveal Him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Scripture we all know very well. I want to go back to verse 28. Mike, maybe if you can just put 28 up there. It says, come to me. So Jesus explains who he is. He explains where he's coming from. Like I've been sent from the Father. I, I, the Father knows me. I know the Father. And no one can get to the Father except those whom I choose to reveal myself. And those who actually believe in me. And so he sees the stage of this is who I am. 
And then from that place of where he sets the stage of who he is, he comes and he introduces and he says, so now come to me. Just those words, come to me. See, at that time, he was addressing actually the people that was with him, but also the Pharisees. The Pharisees, I think it's something like about 600. It's either 600 or 6,000. So we're going to go with a lowball figure. But 600 different things that people had to do on a Sabbath and that they can't do. Let's say it like this. 600 things that they can't do. Otherwise, they break the Sabbath. And so they've made something that was of God so technical, so complicated, so like overbearing that the people just couldn't match up. And it became this burden on the lives of people. Something to the point of where even if you spit to the ground, you worked. You know why? Because when you spit to the ground and the, the mucus hits the dust, there's dust that is moved. And that was considered working. And so the people sat under this law. They sat under this weight of what it meant to be part of God, what it meant to be a, not a Christian, but a, a believer. And Jesus came into this and going like, this is not who I am. And in that place, he sets the stage and says, this is who I am. This is where I come from. So now come to me. And in that invitation of saying, come to me, he gives us the promise that his yoke is actually easy. And his burden is light. Now that can sometimes be like a, what do you call it? Like a round circle. <laughs> a yoke that is light. It's like a yoke is heavy. I don't know if you know what a yoke is. But it's this wooden thing that comes over two ox. And the ox it rests on their shoulders. And they pull this thing through a field. A yoke introduces the word work to us. It's not a thing of Cool, we're going to go have ice cream with our yoke. No, it's like if there's a yoke involved, it means that we are working. <laughs> but here he comes and he says, my work is actually easy. To be part of me, it's light. And I believe for us here in this congregation, in this time, that even for us, we've come to a place of where life and church and living out our calling in God has become work. It's become all kinds of different things. I've got to do it like this. I've got to do it like that. We spend our time in the toilet. And I believe God is coming to a place of where he's saying, actually, no, it's not like that. I want you to be filled with joy. I want you to be filled with excitement. I want you to be hungry and thirsty. Dylan preached two weeks ago. Dylan Jones from Weinberg about coming to God and being thirsty for God. God is saying, I want you to be thirsty for my kingdom. Thirsty to work with me. Thirsty to walk with me. There's something that we get to experience in this life that we won't ever experience after this life. See, when we get to Jesus one day, everything is going to be revealed. I don't know if there's going to be work. I don't think so. I don't know. It's not going to be, work is something of, that happened because of the curse. So when we come to heaven one day, life is going to be, look very differently. And we're going to see everything of God 
is going to be completely revealed to us. All glory, all of Him is going to be revealed to us. We're going to be all knowing sufficiently who He is. I don't know how to say that in a different way. What we get to do in this life is we get to walk with God. We get to journey with God. We get to know Him. We get to discover who He is. We get to experience Him working in us. We get to experience Him working through us to a world out there that is hungry and thirsty and lonely. That's exciting. I was on the 412 uh, YouTube channel and just watching some of the um, Brazilian churches and some of the things that's going on there. And they posted some very cool worship music. But as I was listening to it and watching the video, I just in my heart, I'm like, oh, God, I realize like I'm, the excitement of your kingdom has left me. The excitement of what it means to be part of what you are doing in this earth. Like, I'm not giving enough time to that. And I do believe for each and every one of us, there's something of, I want to do something. I want to mean something for God. But I've got to first have this finance is ready. I first got to have this thing done. I first got to have that thing ready. I first got to sort out my issues. Now, just God sorts out things as we say yes to Him. He comes and He enables willing hands. Because even for somebody that might think like, I've got everything sorted out, Scripture is clear, everybody has fallen short. So the person that slogs and does all the things right, even for that person, they need to come as somebody that cannot earn it because we can't. So for all of us, we're in this place where God is actually throwing out the invitation and He's saying, come to me. And those words, come to me, He's saying it from a place of, you know who I am, you believe who I say I am. You believe what I say I can do. And you accept my invitation. And in that place, he comes and he puts his burden on us that is light and his yoke that is easy. And he walks with us and he works with us. And he stirs us up for the things of his kingdom. We come to experience the radiance of who he is. I want to ask you here this morning, when last have you dreamt to do anything in the kingdom of God? When last have you prayed that prayer and said, God, I, I'm going to go to the shops today. God, just give me one person I can pray for. Or are you not, maybe you feel like, you're, I'm just a saint, I just come to church, you know. You are somebody that's been touched by God, the living God. And you've been given salvation. Dion spoke earlier, like when we come to that place of where we receive God, He pours out His Holy Spirit in us. Scripture tells us that that what's been poured out into us is the same that raised Jesus from the dead. So tell me, church, how can anybody just be a saint? In a church. How? Yes, there's different functions. There's different things we do. 
But that's by no means any kind of classification of who you are and what you get to do. God is coming and saying, come to me. Come to me. If you come to me, I will pour out everything I have into you. We've been speaking about Brooklyn. We want to go send people to Brooklyn. We want to send people to Millerton Plant. These are opportunities. Opportunities for us to step out. Opportunities for us to say, God, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I have to do or what I can do, God. And I want you to, to know this. That you can really say to God, God, if you can use somebody like Rian, Afrikaans person to try and speak English. If you can use that, and he supports Man United. God, you can use me. <laughs> you can use me. See, there's something in that of saying, God, that just excites me. And since I've been wrestling this through with God, there's just something in my heart that's just going like, oh God, what do you want to do? <laughs> What do you want to do, God? When I'm walking, I'm going, who can I pray for? Who can I? And it's crazy. There's a time that I used to dream a lot. I still dream a lot. God speaks to me to people in dreams. But just this week, since I've just sat and said, sure, God, I realize I've lost that excitement. God, I want to, I want to just change. Change in me what needs to be changed. God, like church shouldn't be complicated. It is, it's got the king, and it's got his children. And the children looked at the king, and they proclaim his name. They proclaim his fame, his glory, and his praise to him and to everybody else around him. That is the church. That is what we are here for. It shouldn't be difficult. It shouldn't be complicated. It's simple. Since I've gotten there, like this week, just the amount of dreams, words that I've had for people, it's just, now, I still got to take that word, pray about, okay, God, what do you want to say? Work. <laughs> then I still got to go to them and say, Enrico, I feel this for you. I still got to step out and trust God that what I've heard, that I need to go and do that. Enrico, it's not just because I dreamt of him, all of a sudden I'm going to understand, oh, Rian had a dream and this was his dream. No. But in the same way, for us, God is calling us not to just come here every Sunday, get, receive the word so that we can go back and go, okay, cool, I can now tolerate my husband or I can tolerate my children or I can kind of try and slog at my finances again, or I can try and, and do this relationship again. No. No, God has called us to a place of where we walk and testify of His radiance, of His glory. And in that, what He does is He sorts things out. There's still going to be work. There's still a yoke. There's still stuff to do, ground to prepare. But it's easy. And in that, I believe God is wanting to stir us up for more of Him.
So I want to end off with a scripture here. Hebrews 10, verse 90 to 25. And it kind of like speaks and just summarizes everything that we've said here. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, and just to stop there, again, come to me. It's understanding who he is, understanding what he's done, and believing that what he says is true. It gives us confidence to step into places. It gives us confidence to approach him, confidence to, to walk with him. Confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Again, understanding who he is, believing who he is, taking that. And as we take that, we hold on to this confession. We hold on to this hope and go like he has come to make new. He has come to take a world that is dying and a people that are dying and he's bringing them into life, new life. Look at what he's done in me. God has this for you. Do we see this? Church, do we see this? God is coming and he's saying like, I want you to hold fast on this hope, this hope that you experience. If you can think of the day that you met Jesus for the first time and he spoke into your life, what happened in your heart? Did you just sit there and go, hmm, okay. good. No. Actually, I'm fine. No. You probably cried your eyes out. Why? Because he's taken off this burden. He's made a world that just looks like no hope, and he's filled your eyes with hope. And he's coming, he says, like, the life that you live now, it's not going to end in this time. No, no, it's going to end never because I'm giving you eternal life. You're going to spend eternity with me. I'm bringing you into a glory that is just like you can't describe it. And that thing that comes and it overwhelms our hearts and go like, God, yo, I mean, we just sung it. So, God, there is nobody like you. There's nothing like you that we can compare you to. It's like our words fail. It's when I even think of this, it feels like my body just wants to spontaneously combust because I don't know how to contain that feeling and that emotion of this is who he is and he has come down and he has given me life. Like how can God just be, hmm, okay, good. No. That's not the picture of God. He's the one that holds worlds in his hands. He sees time, the beginning, the end, everything in between. He sees it all at once. He knows each and every thought that each and every one of us are thinking. He knows the amount of hair. 
on your head. For some, it's easy. He holds all those things in the balance. And he comes still, and he can personally come and take Charlene and speak to her twice just so that she would know he wants to speak to her. He's calling her into something else. Avelia, three years. Three years where she's walked with it and prayed for it. And, and here God comes, now, Avila, today I'm going to show you. He can take time, in a sense, time out of all those things and come into this place. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And here comes the last part. And let us consider, not the leaders, not the community leaders, not the deacons, not the elders, not let us, meaning each and every person that forms part of his kingdom, that has received salvation, that has received the Holy Spirit, each and every person, let us hold fast. Oh, whoa, whoa, no, sorry. Verse 24. Let us consider how to stir up one another to two things, to love and to good works. Let us consider how to stir one another to love and to good works. Why those things? Because see, in love, we've experienced a love like no other. No greater love for someone than this than one who lays down his life for that of a friend. We have found Jesus. We have found a love that is immeasurable, a love that is, we can't return the favor. It's just, it blows us out of the water. And so when we've received that, the encouragement is to go and look the same. Go and give away. Because that love is unending. It's not like a tank that you're going to go, like, okay, cool, God is only giving Gerbrand because he's not so tall. He's only giving a little bit. Because he can't carry more. No, no, no. <laughs> now I'm, I, he's got a bucky. No. No, God has given us love that's beyond our ability. Love that's beyond the things that we are facing. Love that's beyond our capacity. Do you know how sad it is for me when I hear the words, sorry, I don't have capacity right now. And they're like, no, God wants to do something. Actually, you're going to find capacity if you open yourself up to God. You're going to find things if you give Him your life. Matthew 6 says this, But first seek the kingdom of God, and everything else will be added unto you. What you eat, what you drink, what you... Oh, and it mentions a couple of things, but I want to say to you, it speaks about your life. See, sometimes we rather want to hold those things close to us and go, no, God, like, I know what I like. I know what I want. And that's where he says, no, come to me. Let me be the one that you want. Let me be the one that you need. And in that, I'll make sure 
you have everything that you need. I'll make sure that you never have lack. In fact, I'll cause you to walk in a way that you have not even seen or thought of. You've heard me say this a number of times. But when I look at my own life, look at my life, my, my, my wife, my kids, what I get to do, just being able to love people and be in ministry, like there's nothing in my life that says, oh, that's going to be a good, I, like, I don't go to a, what do you call it, the person that tells you your aptitude test, is that what it is? that tells you you need to become an engineer and you need to become this. I didn't go and do that and I said ministry. No. There's nothing that I can do to look at my life and go, cool, I would have made a good preacher. I'm probably still not making it. I still don't cut it. But yet God has placed something on it. And I've given myself to God and now he's using that. However little, however ugly, however stinky that is, he's using it. And that's all he's asking. He's saying, come to me. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Encouraging one another. Love, good works. It's very difficult to be encouraged when you're on your own. Love the story of Charlene. Alda, Enrico, saying, hey, Charlene, there's something on your life. It's encouraging. Like, Charlene, God's doing something. Hey, don't, like, and if we're not here, if we're not seeing one another, if we, we just break away, because, man, my capacity, man, like, I've had a tough week. I want to say to you, this is the best place you can be. And not because we want you to sit and listen to our preachers or sing songs with us. No, that we can encourage one another to love. That we can encourage one another to the good works that God has set out for us. That we can make sure we don't get sidetracked by the world and the things that the world is asking. But actually that we can be encouraged, that we can be strengthened. That we can hold one another to account and go, hey, remember, Charlene, God has spoken. Don't forget. And it feels like I can look across this room and start naming, hey, God has spoken. Remember, God has spoken. Remember, because there's all of us sitting here and we, things are smelling and it's like we've lost that excitement. We don't want to do something necessarily for the kingdom. So I want to ask us if we can close our eyes. And this is the last time I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. But I want you to think about this as your eyes are closed. I want you to think about, and it might mean that you need to kind of wind up the old car a bit. But just imagine what it would look like If Jesus comes right now and he touches you and he says, Jordan, I want you to go do this. Mark, I want you to go do this. Chrisma, I want you to go do this. I'm giving you all my power. 
I'm giving you everything. All the power that raised me from Jesus from the dead, I'm giving it to you at your disposal. Run with it. Jesse, run with it. Adam, run with it. Graham, run with it. Clive, run with it. Eugene, run with it. Chris, run with it. What would that look like? God comes and says, you know what? I can change the world with you. You know what? I want to change the world with you. And I want to encourage you in this. And I believe that is the Lord's word to us this morning. He's actually saying, come out of the toilet. Yes, there's things that we need to work on. There's a yoke. There's a burden. But I've brought you into a green field. Brought you into a beautiful house. And there's many things for you to do in this house. And in my heart, I'm experiencing such a, a desire and saying, God, come and use me. Pour my life out, God, to change the world. I don't just want to think edge meat. I don't just want to think edge meat AM. I don't just want to think Cape Town. I don't just, just want to think the Western Cape. I don't just want to think South Africa. I don't just want to think Africa. God, take my life and change the world. Because I know that you can. One whisper created all of the universes. God has not stopped creating. He's not stopped doing what he's, do, what he's good at. So if he can do that, he can use me. So here's what I want you to do. As your eyes are closed, I want you to take two minutes and allow God to come and speak to you. Allow God to stir up a dream. I want, and I want to ask you, don't make it, God, I want to have a new car <laughs> or other shoes. I want you to dream and say, God, I want you to come and work in me, and I want you to do something that changes the lives of at least one person. Stir something up in me. I want you to dream, and I want you to go big. I don't want you to go small. I want you to dream impossible. So just ask the Lord. So I'm going to quickly pray for us. Father, I want to thank you that for each and every person that is sitting near God, that you are wanting to come and move in their hearts, in their lives, through their lives. And I thank you, God, that not one of us here this morning, God, needs to be limited by our age, limited by our color, limited by our finances, limited by our abilities, limited by uh, our time. God, not one of us here needs to be limited by anything, God. And we want to come, God, whatever the limit has been, God, we pray that you will come and you'll take the lid off. 
God, we declare today that you are our limit. We want to be cups in your hand to come and do and pour out as you please. And so I pray in this moment, God, that you would stir up dreams, that you would stir up excitement to see your kingdom come, to see your will be done here on earth as it is already in heaven, God, that you would cause us to dream according to your will, God. So just keep your eyes closed. I'm going to let Jenny share a word here, and then we're going to do something else just in that. Um, from the prayer meeting, I just kept in the word that um, not spectators, partakers. Um, and as Rianne's been talking, um, there's a, a verse in 2 Peter 1 I was just reminded, it talks about us being divine partakers of, of his divine nature. Um, and I felt for you, Eugene A.M., that for many, even as he said, like that thing of you can... You know, how did we respond when the Lord came into our hearts? It wasn't like, a, mm, that's nice. Like even, I feel like we can listen to these words and go, sure, that's a good preach. But uh, there's been lots of soccer talk, and I'm not a soccer fan, but if you know soccer fans, they're passionate. But they just spectate. <laughs> they think they're invested, and they think they're part of the team, but they're, they're watching. And often, they're the biggest critics. <laughs> And I feel like God's saying to some of you this morning, it's time to get on the field. And that's because we partake in His divine nature. He's placed Himself in us. So this morning, I just want to encourage you. Are you willing to get off the seat? You might have been in the stands for years. I feel like for some of us, we're so used to knowing what this Christian thing looks like. We've got it down pat. And he's saying, no, it's time to get on the field. It's a good word. So, maybe open up your eyes. Not maybe, you can open up your eyes. So here's what I want us to do. And I know this is, if you're visiting with us, I can understand that this will be challenging. I trust that the people around you would make it less challenging for you and that you would feel welcome. But I want to encourage us. We've got five minutes left. And I want you to stand up without your spouse or the person that you know uh, or the person that you came with and find somebody else in this room. Let's stick to guys and guys and girls and girls. Um, But I want you to go to them. And tell them, this is my dream. So I'm going to tell you my dream. And I'm hoping that in this week that you will pray for that. Okay? And so what we're going to do is we're going to share our dreams with one another. And then we're going to pray for one another. And I want to encourage you, when you come next week or maybe in the week, I want to encourage you, ask, hey, how's that going? How's your prayer going? Or I've prayed for you, I felt God saying this. Because we need to encourage one another daily. Amen? And we need to encourage one another to, do, to love and to good works. And in those things, we find that excitement. And we start spurring one another on. Last week, um, Mordenai spoke about the cloud of witnesses that we have in heaven. But also the, the witnesses that we have here. The encouragers that we have here towards one another. 
Amen. So for, my, for me, for my dream, is I'm trusting God. I know this year is short still, well, but I'm trusting God for at least 50 salvations. That we would see 50 salvations before the end of the year. And not just people getting saved, but people getting saved, getting discipled, and then going out and being able to say, cool, let's go plant another congregation. Let's go, let's go, let's go bless Brooklyn. Let's go bless Milnerton. Let's go bless Mauritius. But I'm, I'm trusting God for that, and I want to encourage you. That's a desire that is um, very deep in my heart. I want to see the lost get saved. I want to see the broken come into a place of healing. I want to see that. I want to see it this year. And so I'm putting it out there. Let's pray for it. So I want to encourage us. Let's stand up. Grab someone that you preferably don't know. Be friendly, loving, and share your dream.